Hello, dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And welcome to The Course of Course, episode 52. I have a lot to talk about, actually, because I've had a a few revelations, one might say, in the past week or two. One of them is dealing with the past and addressing some issues that may have come up for me, certainly in the work environment. I'm just now recognizing when they're happening, which is a good thing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that will assist me in forgiving that. I was having a conversation with a colleague last week, and she was having an issue with my former boss. We both worked together for this person, and I remember getting sucked into it. So she was saying something about, you know, she was having an unfortunate time, and I am like, oh, that's so sad. I totally understand, and I had to stop myself. It's like, what do you mean, Janine? What are you doing? Because my behavior pattern for a while in that work environment had been to... So generally speaking, in that work environment, I would empathize with someone by kind of agreeing with their idea or agreeing with what they're saying. Like, oh, I totally understand. I was like that too. It's so unfair. And I had to stop and go, what are you doing? It was the first time I remember being completely conscious in the moment of saying, stop. Wow. Pull that back. It's so easy to fall into that behavior pattern if you've been doing it for so long. And then I was talking to my sister and we were just talking about past and how it's important not to get stuck there. One of my things, and I don't know if this has just been a lifelong thing that I brought on from a previous experience, but I've always been a little reticent of writing down diary entries. It sounds ridiculous and I've been very much a privacy advocate in the Janine lifetime. But the idea of writing stuff down always felt like I was holding something in a moment in time. There's also an aspect that I don't like having my picture taken because I don't like being frozen in time. It's bizarre. I don't know where this came from, but it's definitely a theme in my life. It's not a major one, but it's definitely there. It's the idea of not holding something to an extent where they can't move out of it. It's sort of like... Being with someone and not being able to forgive them because I keep reliving what in my mind they may have done. Mm -hmm. It backs them into a corner. It doesn't allow them the opportunity to, in third dimension terms, make amends Mm -hmm. or to make things better or kind of clear up any grievance I might have. Mm -hmm. When you get to that point and you box somebody in it's so unfair not to them but certainly to you because you're trapping yourself these are concepts i never would have understood before i came to the course because i was talking to somebody else last week and they were going on and on about how they totally forgive somebody they forgive them for all those horrible things they've done and they hope that they can transcend now that they've been given forgiveness and it's like oh my gosh it's, it's very pre-course kind of ideas of forgiveness for me one thing I'm trying to keep remembering is something that I'm grateful for Jackie talking a lot in this study group with us about is that this is a mental process everything's done at the level of the mind and I forget that a lot because my emotions get triggered and my it's- anger steps in and Oh, yeah. Anger is an interesting thing, right? I have a lot of anger right now. (laughs) I find that Mm -hmm. anger is one of these things that I can't sustain for a long period of time because there's so much energy that has to be expelled. Mm -hmm. I can only stay super angry for a very small amount of time, but I live in resentment. 
Mm. She's like, I'll get angry and, you know, stomp my feet and everything like a petulant child. But then I'll ruminate over it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's that stuff that I'm approaching and trying to fix within me. But I think anger, at least for me, sometimes is actually good because it's a bit of a pressure release. Because I'm such, I wouldn't say I'm completely even kill, but I'm a Libra. I'm very kind of middle of the road when it comes to emotions. I don't get a whole lot of swings. But when I do, it's like intense. Yeah. And I have to burn it off. Yep. You know, and that's okay. I mean, it happens. For me, the anger that comes up has to deal in the realm of life's not fair. I'm not being fairly treated. That's a huge one. I think that's a massive kind of life experience for most people in third dimension. I remember my dad telling me all growing up, life isn't fair. Get over it. (laughs) It's just the way it is. But you know, it's hard, especially like in a work environment. You might see someone who's a a favored child at the moment and they get all the spoils of war and you just have to sit and watch it. Work environments are really tough for fairness. Well, we just laid off 1,200 people, and they all got huge fat checks. Mm -hmm. And I'm dealing with that, I think, of feeling like I don't have any savings. I don't have a pension or a 401k or, like, vacation time, normal things that normal employees have. Is the root of resentment jealousy? Um, Not, I mean, it's more like I've wasted 20 years with a company on the biggest grossing film of all time for them. And that they're not treating people fairly. I really feel that they're not treating people fairly. When you say people. Meaning me. Okay. But other people too. Yeah. I can understand that. It's very easy to look and say, hey, I'm, I'm special here. I've done all this stuff. Why am I not getting the same as other people? I've lived in that space for years. Um, I mean, everyone who worked on this particular movie... Nobody's getting a bonus because it didn't do well. So it's not just me. No, I'm talking about the layoff thing. and yeah. yeah. But it's a lot of things all at once. I feel like I'm letting go of that relationship that I've had for a long time that I've always felt was a part of me that now is a missing. I feel like my job is not going how I imagined. I really wanted to leave. Like I had a three-year plan that at the end of the three years I would be have enough saved and I would be able to leave but it's the end of the three years and guess what I don't have anything saved when is your three years up um next summer okay but that movie's probably not going to do well either so and I'm not going to wait six months for a bonus afterwards because you may or may not get the bonus and now I'm just kind of thinking well maybe I need to go work for a company who actually takes care of their employees like normal things that everybody else gets I think that for you, you're going through sort of that transitional period, especially with your, your love relationship. Things are just changing. And it's interesting because whenever we go through these periods of transformation, it always feels like it's painful in the beginning. But it ends up being like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Like, oh, wow, look look how great this is. And I think you're to the point where the phoenix is slowly starting to rise. I don't think it's even left the station yet. You don't, you don't think it's, uh, you no. think it hasn't been singed enough? I feel like Hillary Clinton in a way, like I've worked my butt off my entire life giving and doing and learning and just being the best that I can be. And it's like raising my hand saying, notice me, notice me you know, take care of me, hire me, or, and it just never happens. One of the challenging things, depending on 
where your mindset is when you're reading the course. The course is pretty much uh, none of us are special, and yet we're all special. Mm -hmm. Like we're all part of God, but none of us are a special snowflake. But the challenge is when we're around people who kind of seems like they're special snowflake or a group of people that are provided something more than we've been provided. The whole third dimension kind of illusion is very frustrating for me because I get in a bigger picture, like in a course perspective, we're all the same. But in third dimension, we still have to pay our bills and we still would like to have a retirement and we'd still need kind of like the comforts that this fantasy and this dream is sort of inching us toward. And yet having to double, having to walk that tightrope of this is really a dream, but I still have to live in it kind of Mm, thing. Right. And being affected by those around us, it's not, it's very challenging to keep from comparing ourselves to others. It just is. I do it all the time at work. I just feel tired. I feel tired from working so hard for so long and not having regular vacations. And next week I get to go see my family for a week. So, you know, once a year I get to do this and I think I could be like at, at a breaking point, you know, like I've coming off of a really big intense period and I probably just need a vacation to get my head cleared out and we'll have a whole different perspective in a month from now. Mm -hmm. But right now it's just been really depressing and dark and I just keep meditating and giving it over and it's the best you can do, you know? Yeah. I feel like I've had, I had a lot of pain in my knees and I thought, oh gosh, I'm going to have to go spend another three to $5,000 getting those shots again in my knees. And I've had this thing with this ballerina in a past life. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start praying for healing for that ballerina's life because whatever happened with her knees is affecting me and I don't need that. And I gave it over to the Holy Spirit and I feel like my knees have gotten better in the last couple weeks. Oh, excellent. Which is just amazing. You were healing yourself in a different, I wouldn't say in a different lifetime, I guess, but at the same time. Oh, that concept of time, it's such a mind bender. But I love that perspective. If you have an ailment and you feel like you believe that ailment is coming from a concurrent lifetime, Mm -hmm. it's a great idea to try to heal that one. Mm -hmm. Because once we affect one lifetime, we affect all lifetimes. And even the lifetimes I've had with my friend that I recently broke up with, I, I, I know of like two or three lifetimes in my mind that I'm also trying to heal those so that it could heal now. You are going through quite a bit. It's a lot right now. It's a lot. <laughs> but I figure I'm going to come out all rosy on the other side. Well, I, I think your, so. your trip is probably coming at the perfect time then. There's no fish up there, though. It's really weird. They were saying that no one's caught fish in the oceans all the fish have got left the ocean well where did they go if they're not in the ocean it's climate warming it's something's shifting i don't know what it is maybe they just moved to a different part of the ocean (laughs) well there's still fish in the ocean they keep fishing sure but not in canada there's no fish well maybe in that particular area where you're at Mm -hmm. i mean that would be bizarre if there's absolutely no fish and and the fish are like look we're not going to go in canadian waters you guys (laughs) i know make an agreement here i just feel emotional too like i was watching the olympics the opening and they were talking about climate and they were showing seeds and people working together and all these themes and things that i love and it just made me teary-eyed i love the olympics at least every four years it brings the globe together 
Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, you're right. We, we can be together and enjoy each other's company. Isn't it every two? It's every four for summer, you're right, and two for winter. Mm-hmm. No, it's every four. It's just on opposite but biannual like- years. So in two years, it'll be winter, and then two years after that will be summer again. Yeah, I do like the Olympics. I was talking last week to someone that it feels a bit outdated, like an outdated concept, only because it, the burden on the, the host cities is huge. Yeah. And possibly could they share the burden with a couple different countries? People go so bankrupt. Like, so like Rio yeah. could do swimming and whatever, swimming and gymnastics and stuff like that. I like and, sponsor the sport. And then let another country sponsor it. And then another sport. country could do like another ten uh-huh. of the you know what I mean? I don't know if it worked out, but it's it just seems like the burden is so strong on these countries. I agree. I think yeah. that's a great idea to reconfigure how they yeah, it produce the have events. To be, yeah. It just the amount of money that these host cities have to pour in and there haven't been that many that have actually turned a profit. So some of these cities are gonna end up or countries are gonna end up you know, bankrupt a lot of debt because of these things. And it always seems like everything comes down to last minute, even though they had seven years to prep for it. Yeah. It's odd, isn't it? (laughs) It just seems like every time there's happened in Russia two years ago. Yeah, totally. It was the hotels weren't done. (laughs) I love the idea of it. It's just economically, it just doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense. But what do I know? I'm not a world economist. (laughs) I just like the colors. It does seem, though, that things are shifting somehow, like between the whole Donald Trump and the Hillary, like the the way of thinking how the world is and which direction we should be going. I do want to talk a little about the election. We've talked about it previously, but I'm finding Donald Trump absolutely fascinating. Mm. I find him fascinating and I find the media fascinating covering him. So Donald Trump seems to say whatever as though it's fact. He can say, hey, I just saw this video. Did you guys see this video about all this money coming off of a, a plane in Iran or wherever? And nobody can verify this video even exists. But it doesn't matter. It seems like, for whatever reason, he has been able to say whatever he wants to say. And nothing sort of sticks. Although people have been saying, oh, come on. That's not true. He's... He's clearly making stuff up, but he doesn't seem to be taking on any hits from it mm. because those who are voting for him can't actually recognize that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a um, a negative for him to somehow be saying things that aren't verifiable. But if Hillary does that, it's a completely different story. I find the media in such a bind here because the major ones, I know the Washington Post has sort of been kind of shunned aside by the Trump side. And those who have written about him in in less than favorable light seem to not have access to him. That's because he cuts them out. I know, but I find this whole thing just an amazing theater. (laughs) This is kind of unprecedented. In in the past, if you would have a candidate do something like that, it would be the end for them. Right. They would be over. But it's not happening. So I find this moment in time with these two candidates to be, the, in some perverse way, I find it really enjoyable. Because it's completely different than what we've seen before. And I think it's sort of like a a glimpse into the human psyche Mm -hmm. in terms of what they're going to accept or not accept. Yeah, it's definitely duality. And no matter, we talked about this in the last podcast, that it's all about perception and 
you know, who knows what truth is anymore? I certainly don't. And so when somebody says to me, oh, well, it's the truth, I just kind of like, well, because truth depends on where you're sitting. So I think Trump supporters would be like, he's telling the truth. And what he's saying, he's just, you know, he's telling it like it is to them. That's truth. But to people who support Hillary, what she's saying is truth. Well, what is it? It really depends on where you are. It's all relative. Yeah. So going through my own daily life and like I was talking to my friend at work and she was having an issue with her boss and I thought, well, that's her truth. And I thought, well, I don't know about that. Maybe if you'd asked him, it was a completely different perspective. So I don't know anymore. It's, it's becoming very challenging for me because it's such a gray area. Mm-hmm. All I know is I have to be the best person I am and I have to walk with integrity and that's it. Mm-hmm. No matter what else happens around me is none of my concern really. I keep getting truth or illusion, truth or illusion, love or fear, love or fear. And but is like, truth an illusion? I don't know. Maybe your truth is an illusion to me. Well, there's different definitions of truth, I think, in the course point of view. Okay. You know, it's it's not the world. This is false. Right. So truth in the course perspective is God. Yes. And oneness. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that means everything else is not truth. So when people say they're not telling the truth, it's like, true? (laughs) Of course. Then that means I'm not telling the truth either. Because truth only is oneness with God. Thank goodness for oneness with God. That's all I want is just to be one. The other night when I was meditating, it was like 1-11 on August 1st. I had all these ones. It's like my alarm just turned on with all the ones. I thought, that's pretty cool. I'm coming out of my meditation thinking of oneness, and I have all these ones. All these ones. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Ken Wapnick. From what I've read and what I've heard, he seemed to have been enlightened in the Ken Wapnick lifetime. And I thought, what an accomplishment. What an accomplishment to just be so beatific and kind and generous and knowledgeable i want to be that mm-hmm. teach me ken wapnick <laughs> yeah i have never really checked out too many of the videos that are available i figure when i have when i retire and have downtime i'll have time to look at those we are so fortunate because we are very lucky to have had access to those we would consider pretty enlightened, which is phenomenal when you think about it. I'm guessing that we've probably been exposed to a number of other people who are enlightened. We just didn't recognize it. I know I worked with somebody who I will say right now is the most enlightened human I've ever had the experience to be around. And I still keep in contact with him because I'm no fool. (laughs) (laughs) I just texted him yesterday. And when we were watching the speakers at the DNC and we saw Obama and even Michelle, they both seem enlightened to me. Very good point. Yeah. They both were amazing. And it was just love pouring out of her. It was so I just feel like with those who are enlightened or at least to the point where they seem very awakened, Mm -hmm. you can tell. Mm -hmm. I think it just oozes out of them and it definitely oozed out of both of them. It's going to be sad, I think, saying goodbye to Obama. I really appreciated his presidency. I know a lot of people don't agree, and that's totally fine. I just find that he's transcendent. What he does is transcendent. How he speaks is transcendent. There's something special about him. And I know that when you have in your mindset anger, you just have a preconceived notion about someone, and you just don't like them. 
I've experienced that certainly with those in office because in my mind I thought, oh, well, they're a bad person, but I don't think anybody's bad anymore. I think they just are who they are. And it really depends, I think, on what side of the political fence you are. Unfortunately, in the United States, we are a two-party system, which is really sad. We should have more party influence and that kind of stuff. We should have more choices. It would be nice to look at somebody who might not be in the party that I'm currently affiliated with and be like, they're a good person. It doesn't happen that often. Just doesn't. I know during the Reagan administration, a lot of uh, Reagan was a, a Republican. A lot of Democrats really liked him. And vice versa. I think with George W. Bush, who was the younger Bush, um, he was the one during the Iraq War. In my opinion, his presidency was very much very clear. It's either you were with him or against him. I didn't see a whole lot of you know, Democrats being like, yay, Bush. <laughs> I hope that at some point, and I don't know if it, it will be Hillary, where we do see a president where... There are people on either side of the aisle that can see or at least acknowledge that that person isn't a bad person simply because they are not the same party. Correct. Yeah. It's very juvenile to be like, well, you're not one of us, so I'm going to hate you. I like the theme stand together and the whole unity notion of it. You know, when you hear the political speeches and they're all very lofty and very high minded, most of them are. You cannot be like, yeah, I agree, but it doesn't always translate after the speech is done. It's like we get lost in the idea of it, which is fantastic. But then it goes back to the same old, that person's bad. I wish that the candidates could maintain that high road. I recognize that it's probably easier to take the lower road. Michelle Obama was saying that when they go low, we go high. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think she and uh, President Obama have demonstrated that. I think they have walked the talk. Definitely. I think they do try to stay on a high level as much as possible, which is good. I would just like the current two candidates for the U.S. election to get on the high road. I don't think either one of them have always stood on the high road. Tweets and social media, it's unfortunate because you can lodge a bullet on those. And although they can be pithy and zingers, I don't want it. I don't like that at all. I would just rather they would stay above the fray. I don't need to hear, oh, but look at him he didn't do this or look at her she didn't do that they need to stop it (laughs) i think the whole social media and the internet thing has just really taken humanity in a crazy direction but that's a whole nother conversation yeah well as with everything it's the lower vibrating kind of feedback from people sometimes but that's what you get when you have a whole bunch of people together there's it's always going to be more lower common denominator stuff not that that's wrong or bad it's just you don't get a whole lot of high-minded priests and priestesses yeah. communicating through Twitter or Facebook. They can, though. Oh, they. yeah. I saw on um, Alexander Marchand's page a uh, link for the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, the lead singer, Billy Corgan, was on an internet show of some sort. And he's talking about A Course in Miracles. Oh, that's fantastic. And I was like, holy Toledo, this is a major rock band, Smashing Pumpkins. And then two weeks before that, it was like Jay-Z. And it's like, it is starting to infiltrate and get in there. It is starting to get in there. The course is serious business. People who are attracted to it, I think, are really looking to make a difference in their life. Big time. Much further along the road than the typical self-help kind of designation you would see of books and things like that. I feel like I went through a period where I read every self-help book available. 
and it really didn't help me. I mean, they were fine for the moment, Mm -hmm. but it really wasn't a guide to change my life. The course changed my life. Mm -hmm. But the course is not easy, and it's not for the faint of heart. I had to be committed to it. Yeah, we have to keep present to it. We have to keep it alive because otherwise the ego just takes over. I mean, the ego is going to be 99% of the time anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) I was thinking back to my landmark training and how valuable that was. The other night when I was in a breakdown, this thought occurred to me, which is, you are not your circumstances. So no matter what's going on, if I can remember that I'm really just a meat puppet and the light's coming through me and I'm just moving through the motions, I'm not really being attacked by my company, and the suffering that I'm feeling isn't real. There's more to this picture than what I'm seeing. Jackie was talking about sitting in the back of the theater and holding our hands with Jesus and and Holy Spirit and seeing the picture in front of us with the Stephanie on the screen and just kind of creating that separation and that awareness of, you know, this has already happened we're at the end of the road and we're reviewing it. I don't know. It's just something new for me to practice. What I appreciate about Jackie is she has a very, she has a knack for taking concepts and putting them into a way where you can go, oh, okay, now I grok it. Now I, I understand it. Mm-hmm. There are some, I'm going to call her a spiritual teacher. There are some spiritual teachers that don't quite have that ability, but she definitely does. I was also thinking about Maria Felipe and her new book that's coming out next year about having a happy dream. And I can't wait for that book to come out. Because generally, I think of myself as happy. But I also think of myself, again, being Libra, having really high highs and low lows. And lately, it's been a pretty big low. And I'm ready for happy. (laughs) The nice thing about having a low is you can bounce back. It's kind of like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. My favorite of all the Winnie the Pooh characters, (laughs) because Tiggers are awfully bouncy. So it's kind of like being able to rebound and go, okay, you know what? There was a a dark night of the soul, but now I'm waking up. Right. And now I can really appreciate it because I just had this darker period beforehand. I think one of the things I've been struggling with is that I'm not going to get to retire next summer like I thought. You know, all the projects I've worked on that I thought were going to pan out aren't. So it's like, oh... Now I'm going to have to work another 10 years, and now I'm going to have to go get another job. And uh, I feel like I'm starting over like I was a 30-year-old. And I just kind of wish I was more aware Yeah, but the good earlier. thing is your, your life begins right now. All there is is now, it right? It all begins now. <laughs> there so is no past. That's no what's so cool about it. Just now. It's that uh, separation, just reliving over and over and over and over in the now. But it's kind of like you're at the point of power. I think Abe Hicks talked a lot about that because you have experience under your belt and you have knowledge and now you have direction. Now I think you have more passion to make change to like, what am I going to do in the future of the Stephanie lifetime? I'd say I'm motivated. I would say the passion's not there yet. I'm still pretty wrecked and tired, but after my vacation, hopefully that will shift. Yeah. And you can find that passion for creating your future instead of kind of ruminating on the past sort of thing. Yeah, and that does come up for me because it's like, oh gosh, am I really going to like outline 10 TV shows that I want to make that I've already done and I've already shopped and I've already got, gotten no's because I'm always 20 years ahead of my time. 
Is, have people caught up yet? I don't know. I just, I feel exhausted and I haven't even started. Maybe when you go on your vacation, it's going to be like a reboot, a complete reboot. That's what I'm hoping for. The other night, I just kept saying over and over, I am Christ, pure and innocent. All is forgiven and released. Like, I didn't even know what was going on with me. I just knew I was really upset. And that was the one phrase and sentence that I could just repeat and say over and over and over. And it it definitely helped shift me. It's a good mantra. It's a good one. I also think sometimes we have to go through these dark nights of the soul to kind of transition us to a different place. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, like Gurdjieff would say, we're just sleepwalking and we need a shock to wake us up. And I think every once in a while, those shocks are massive disappointments Mm -hmm. that we have to like expel all the negative energy Mm -hmm. so we can bring in more positive. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Because you don't really have these very often. No. So this is few and far between. But the nice thing is they can refuel you and you can leverage that kind of like that that residual energy and kind of use it to thrust you forward. Good. (laughs) So there's there's definitely positive in everything. It's just hard when you're kind of in a quasi meltdown to remember that. So we talked last time about Alex Marchand. He's that amazing creator of graphic novels and he's got a new one out. It's called Forgiving the Human Robot. And it's the fourth and final book in the Undreaming Chronicles. And it is available on Amazon. And there's another thing called pay hip or hip pay or something that puts more money in the hands of the artists. So wow. encourage you to possibly take that. You can go to his website, which is alexandermarchand.com. And he has a Facebook page. But the film, he made a short animated film based on like a video game. And it's about special love relationships. And it's one character trying to find to get to his love and all the obstacles and I think it's a great film it's it's about 28 minutes long and he's got it up on Amazon now so if you have an Amazon Prime membership it's free to watch and if you don't you can still watch it for free through Amazon you just have some commercials in between and I highly highly recommend that everybody watch this in fact I need to rewatch this given my upset right now about relationships and just get reminded. I've said this before. I think Alexander Marchand is a genius. I think he's one of the most creative people to have provided this kind of content. He's amazing. I would love to meet him someday. He's actually younger than us, but I find him so contemporary. Of all the material out there in The Course in Miracles, his stuff to me, is the most easily digestible. I agree. It's the unique way, a comic book, of getting the course out. Well, I love the fact that he matches these amazing artistic drawings that explain so much better than some of the words that the course might use. It's like my brain can take that in very quickly, whereas I have to really think through some of the words. In the Shakespearean iambic pentameter. Yeah. It's not our normal way of speaking. It definitely has its place, but sometimes I like a, a quick ingestion yes. of this, and Alex does a great job. And his books are in many different languages around the world, so all of our listeners in India and Pakistan and Spain and Argentina and Uruguay, you should we are, look. We are quite the international <laughs> podcast now. Yeah. Look for Alex's materials. 
I'm just going to keep practicing going within and being quiet and developing my listening. I need to practice turning my life over to God more and listening for the guidance. I think my ego just always is there, which is everyone's is that way. But that's that's something I'm going to be working on in the next few months. Yeah, I like that. Me too. I also need to do a better job every morning inviting Jesus to be with me during my day. I was going through the course book today, and I saw that picture of Jesus, the Nanette Christ mm-hmm. rendering of Jesus. And I'm like, hey, bud, what's up? <laughs> He's my friend, and I have to keep remembering to bring him with me. I don't know if he'd really like my job or my work environment, but I'm bringing him with him. That's I, wonderful. I'm bringing him with me so he can, you know, meet my people. <laughs> he can sit in my meetings with me and take notes if he'd like. <laughs> and that Jesus picture is on our Facebook page with Nanette's website. Yes. It's, it's a, a really wonderful great picture. picture. It's I very love powerful. that picture. It totally is. All right. I think that wraps it up for episode 52, The Course of Course. We will be back. In a few weeks. In a few weeks. We're Stephanie, both going out of Stephanie town. Stephanie will be back from her holiday. <laughs> I will be back from mine. I'm going back to see my family again in Cincinnati, my birthplace. Hopefully for both of us, it won't be hot. It's been pretty hot in Los Angeles. So it'll be nice to have a little break. Although I think I'm going to a much hotter climate. I don't know about you. Hotter or It will be cooler. cool. Oh, well, good for you. Hey. It will be cool. I wish you all the fish. Thank you. In the ocean. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. We will be back in two weeks.